time. I mean, they were, but, but nobody really associated yeah, with them. Yeah, but originally no one was talking about how great no. their bums looked in yoga pants. Speak for yourself. Okay, so oh, you don't wear tight enough ones. You wear shorts over top. Can't see I know, it. I know. <laughs> Does it count? <laughs> okay. All right. That was good. the show it's been a little while and a lot of stuff's happened <laughs> so if you know what I'm talking about you know what I'm talking about if you don't know then um, we can talk about it later and uh, if you know how to reach me you can reach me but uh, enough of that for now this is a whole new chapter a whole new um, whole new thing that is going to be happening and I'm sticking to my one take policy I'm not going to do multiple takes on the intros I'm just going to talk and whatever comes out comes out but uh, I'm going to pick up the podcast where we left off um, talking to people who I know really well or even some people that I don't know well yet who I'm very curious about um, all different types, all different shapes and sizes and uh, backgrounds and interests today I'm going to be talking to Two of my really good friends who were there with me right in the beginning, right when um, I started my journey in uh, fitness, health, mindfulness, wellness, whatever you want to call it. And uh, they've been big parts of my life and they're actually stepping out and doing some some really big stuff on their own. I'm talking about Krista Marie Starr and India Amara. Uh, you'll find out about these two very shortly. But uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been a listener of my podcast for the last few years. It's been a while. We actually started doing this about six years ago in various forms and, you know, still doing it, still doing it. And this episode was recorded live at the local at 96 Ossington Avenue. And uh, I'm going to be recording a lot of podcasts out of there and maybe different places around the city or maybe outside of the city. Um, and uh, Lou Lemon's been a huge supporter of me and everything I do and, and good ideas in general. So I'm really stoked to be uh, parking it there for a bit and, uh, you know, being a part of that community a little bit more. So without uh, anything further from me, here is Krista and India. are nervous yeah okay um what'd you have for breakfast today krista um i actually haven't really had breakfast yet okay i just had noms at two o'clock that's your breakfast i i've been i've been up since just before seven teaching wow 
Is that normal for you? Uh, no, right now it's a little bit of an extreme scenario. I leave in two days, two sleeps, mm -hmm. and uh, so all my students are trying to get in and see me as much as possible. So it's been a, a bit of a marathon. It's a bit of a marathon. Okay. Yeah. Um, what did you have for breakfast, Adia? I had two soft-boiled eggs and two gluten-free crackers. <laughs> Two softwood and two gluten-free crackers. Um, and is and there a, a particular, is that just what you had in the house or is there a strategy there? No, I'm a mono eater and it's just easy and I don't have to think about it in the morning. Then I can just start So you eat the same breakfast every morning? <laughs> every day. Every morning? I have okay. two breakfasts. Then a couple hours later I have a smoothie with protein okay. in it. <laughs> okay. And how long have you been doing this? When I'm at home. Yeah. <laughs> Embarrassingly for probably like five years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a big believer in this philosophy, so I've narrowed down my life choices considerably. So, I like if you look into my closet, it's just different types of black clothing and repeats of the same clothing, like, like three of the same pairs of pants and things like that. And it's amazing when you don't have to make those kind of decisions in the morning, how much more room your brain has to do other things. Yeah, right? Einstein, uniform. That's what he did, right? That's great. Um, Obama did that. That was his thing. He just had like a few suits. I think Steve Jobs also did that. He did. He had yeah. the same turtleneck mm -hmm. <laughs> and like mom jeans and white New Balances for like 10 years. Right. Right. So as innovative as he was, he was pretty, pretty sick. But it gave him more room to innovate, right? Because he didn't have to think about it. Didn't have days. to think about it. Yeah. And um, so, okay. How do I know you guys? Let's start with India. I've known you longer. You're going to tell the story. Okay, I'm going to tell the story. Because I've never heard you really tell the story. Um, 2007. Right. I moved back to Toronto from Vancouver. Decided to go to OCAD. And Ontario College of Art and Design. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And um, down the street from the school was a good life fitness. Okay. Am I allowed to say that? Um, let's let's just say it once and hopefully we don't get sued. Because are you gonna say, right. don't say okay. bad things. No. Um, don't say bad <laughs> don't things. Don't say bad things. Uh, and I needed a place to work out. I, I was working out in Vancouver at a gym and you know, new city, new gym. Um, Danny found me on the Stairmaster. I remember that. Yeah, Danny found me on the Stairmaster. You were the one person in the cardio room at like, Six or seven a.m. Yeah, just like running up the stairs, running, running no, up the stairs, going, going nowhere. nowhere. Yeah. yeah, and Danny started a boot camp essentially, and I signed up. He said he had he had lots of promises. When I <laughs> my homework was to do two hundred skips by the next time I saw him, and I could do it, which is great. Um, and our relationship blossomed from there. Mm -hmm. uh, part of the early morning boot camp, and then we moved to other gorilla locations mm -hmm. so there was some working out in a abandoned uh car dealership parking yep, lot that's right yeah at 6 a.m king and shaw king and shaw mm -hmm. then in your condo my small condo mm -hmm. that, that I got was kicked out a bit of. noisy maybe for them they don't yeah. think they really <laughs> liked that idea i don't know what i was thinking i'm like yeah no big deal we'll put a crossfit gym in a little condo yeah, yeah. no problem no problem and then Gladstone came out of that. We've been friends ever since. We've been yep. best buds. I can't remember life without you. Um, and for the you know people who don't know the history of the Academy Alliance, but that's where it started. And even like we were 
talking a lot about what the spirit animal of the place would be. <laughs> and I think it initially it was like, was it gonna be a horse or gonna be this? And then I was like, no, it's gonna be a lion. And then I remember uh, you guys threw me a surprise birthday party and you gave me, it was it a card or a book? I think it might've been Praise the Shadows. You oh, gave me yeah. the book and in the book, you had the drawing, which is now tattooed on my arm. It and is. And the next day, you gave me that tattoo. And that became the, the mascot and the logo for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Next and then, phase. Next phase. And then at that, at that gym, that was eight years ago, you mm-hmm. brought in this, uh, this uh, really enthusiastic, spunky, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful <laughs> magical creature. Way too smart. <laughs> Actually, I think the first time I met you, um, India invited me to come dancing with oh, her yeah. trainer. So oh, yeah. I met you at the boat in Kensington the Market. Boat. That's yeah. right. I don't remember who you were with. You had brought a friend. And I think I was with Greg. Were you with Greg? with Greg? Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And so yeah, we all went dancing, and um, and I think I still hadn't gone to the gym yet. But we still we became friends, mm-hmm. and we went dancing again at this time. Oh, what's the place? Clintons. The Clintons, yeah. yeah. And then you convinced me to come and just try it out. That you're gonna, because I'm always interested in martial arts and uh, that that element. And you're like, yeah, one day I'm gonna have some martial arts. You just, you just come try it. Just come try it. And my first workout, it was like super simple, like kettlebell swings, some like push-ups, and some like sit-ups or something like that. And I remember leaving the gym and being feeling like so accomplished, like I was the most badass person ever in the world. And um, and then I was hooked. And even though it was like such a simple workout and now looking back, you know, mm-hmm. the progress that we make physically is crazy. But yeah, it was really I bad. think um, I saw the talent in your dance moves. <laughs> and I'm like, you need to be part of this. <laughs> if you could dance like that, you can overhead squat and, uh, yeah. and tweet a jerk. Yeah. And, I know, and you could, you did. Your snatch is fantastic. Oh, oh. there we go. <laughs> We, we can say that. Yeah, we can say that. Yeah, well, um, you can say that. I, might, it might be more risky for me. Uh, but yeah, I, I think our friendship blossomed from dancing. Yeah, that's where it started. Yeah, wow. that's where it started. I totally I forgot about that. Yeah. I just remember you had a really cool jacket. I was like... Oh, probably. Back then I was yeah. working in, like speaking of like the complete opposite. Oh, you were, that's I right. I was working in like as a buyer for some vintage shops in New York. So I was like decked out with all the craziest clothes which is the t- opposite mm-hmm. of how I dress now now I'm definitely more in line with you guys and Steve Jobs and <laughs> Einstein mono wear but right mono wear mm-hmm. um, but I mean it's crazy I mean that was eight nine years ago whenever that was yeah like eight years ago for sure and one of the reasons I wanted to uh, grab you guys before you left again and I'm sure we'll get into all the various travels and things that mm-hmm. go on in your lives but one of the reasons I wanted to, to do this is because you're leaving uh, tomorrow or Sunday, Saturday. I forget. Two Saturday. sleeps. I don't two even, sleeps. Two, two sleeps. sleeps. Okay, I don't even know what date is right now. Uh, and you're you're leaving for uh, a pretty cool thing that you guys are putting together. Yeah. And I thought that would be a good a good way to to talk about the future and you know figure out where it came from and how the past had something to do with it. So sure. uh, tell us about that. Tell um, the people. Well, we are about to embark on a journey into paradise. No big deal. <laughs> 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 Let's just set the stage that just, way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ticket, um, any tickets left to Paradise? Uh, yeah, we have we have one, one spot. We have one, one ticket, ticket left to Paradise. Okay. Um, yeah, we're heading to Bali, um, where we're teaching a hosting a ten day retreat, mm-hmm. and um, it's going to be a combination of like doing some pretty deep work, you know, internal work, you know, physical work like movement, uh, lots of meditation, lots of like, um, you know, like I have a degree in philosophy. And I've done a lot of work 
um, internally. And so there'll be a lot of work in terms of that. But then also you know, dancing under the stars by the beach and the ocean and like exploring waterfalls and getting massages and exploring little villages around the area too. So hopefully there'll be like a good combination of like, mm. like depth and then freedom. I think if there's two words that I really want to incorporate um, for the people to receive in this trip would be depth and freedom. So there's lots of retreats out there. Sure. There's lots of opportunities to to go away and and to do work. Yes. And I think a lot of people listening to this may have been on one or experienced one. And and you know, not saying one is better or worse, but what what are you guys trying to do? What did you recognize Mm. that was not being done necessarily? Mm. Um, through you know through other work and, and what did you want to put out there? Huh. Well, this is a um, I had a question probably, probably you have to bear with me as I like maybe flush it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you haven't had breakfast yet. I know I haven't had breakfast yet, but I I just did a bunch of yoga with my students, so I'm kind of <laughs> you're still you're still in I'm, spacey I'm, space land. I'm, I'm in, oh not spacey space more no? just like really energized and happy. Oh okay uh, yeah. Um, Hmm, maybe India, do you want to like add some stuff? That's here? why it's good to have a partner. Yeah, where I can well, like contemplate. I mean, I feel like you will flesh this out because you have the capacity to do that. But for us, we've both done a lot of internal work, and yoga is a huge part of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and yoga is a great uh, medium to give people access to something deeper and more and energetic. Um, we both have practiced a lot together, I mean yoga, yes, but in, in our deeper kind of more sacred ways of being together. Um, and we felt like there was something kind of missing for, for that. We wanted to like offer that. It's a, almost a way of us having gone through a lot of this work ourselves um, and a way for us to kind of give that back and like put that back into the mm-hmm. universe like so you, you benefited from this stuff a, we benefit from right. yeah I mean we both mm-hmm. live by it completely do you remember a time when the stuff that you're gonna do for other people mm-hmm. when someone gave it to you do you, is there a time in your life when you remember there was a massive change in what someone taught you or someone said or just an experience like a retreat anything mm-hmm. like that oh I yeah. remember so many yeah, yeah. it's uh, well I'll pick the top one <laughs> or well, the second one. Okay. Um, well, for me, uh, I remember when I first met my teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Darren Rhodes. He's from Tucson. It's my first time doing like uh, a workshop, like a yoga workshop. So doing yoga for more than just like a 60 or 90 minute class. And um, it was what he spoke about that really like you know, pierced me deeply and completely altered uh altered the course of my life, actually. And he was talking about like a teaching uh, on the malas, so it's like the veils of the heart, and talking about how um, we as, you know, as conscious human beings actually, um, you know, have these cloaks that prevent us from experiencing ourselves fully, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, and in that process of, I'm totally <laughs> <laughs> It's just like dancing. It's, it's just, just like, like dancing. dancing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, well, here, here's here's the thing. Okay, and I think a lot of people out there 
um, they've, they've read the philosophy, they've read the books, they've seen the yeah, inspirational yeah. quotes on Instagram, yada, sure. yada, yada. Yeah. But you said going deep. Going deep, yeah. But what's, what's a time in your life that you were, and you know, let's put it out there, that you, you, you felt dark, you felt like shit, it was just, things were not going well. Mm-hmm. What pulled you out? Mm. Yeah, funny. I'm actually. I feel like I'm even just coming out of that right now. Perfect. And um, you know, we're we're like literally at every single angle of my life, from my personal life and my interpersonal relationships, from love and my friends and my family to uh, like finances and work and taking risks that are like pretty terrifying. To um, like things with my home and feeling safe. Like like every single angle of my life was just like I was hit and hit and hit and hit and hit, and like. And what did you do? What I do, uh, I stayed present. And I know, and learning how to be with what is as it is in the here and now. And letting go of trying to project things and letting go of having to like uh, create stories around it or being pulled into the story that you're starting to create with your own mind. But learning how to just be with things. And uh, it's so simple to say, Mm -hmm. but it is the hardest bloody thing to do in practice. To like be heartbroken. To be like devastatingly heartbroken and to sit with that and not create a story of how much you hate that person and not create a story about how that makes you worthless and not create a story. Because that's the easy thing Because that's do. the easy thing, right. even though it's more painful to go that way, even though it's more actually unfulfilling to go that way, it is easier because it, you know, it rationalizes all of our fears. Mm-hmm. It justifies our It keeps you trapped in that Exactly. Power, right? But learning how and the ways in which like the tools and the mechanisms and the practices in order to actually do that work of like how do you stay present when you're heartbroken? How do you stay present when you're absolutely terrified? How? How, right? Exactly. Well, you should come to Bali and okay. I will tell you all of the ways and or at least give you um, like I definitely don't claim to be a guru or claim to be some sort of mm-hmm. enlightened master. That's usually uh, a good but. indicator when you're not a guru, if you say you're a guru. You know how Donald Trump goes around saying, like, he's the best and this and that, and he's so smart? Well, that's a pretty good, you know, giveaway that you're not all not, those things. Right. So I'm glad you're not calling yourself a guru. No, well, I'm definitely not. But I, I have, like, I've had to walk through some fire. And um, mm-hmm. in that process, I have learned a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know... And I'm so inspired and deeply like motivated to help other people do that work too. And that doesn't mean that every single moment of this retreat or every single moment of a spiritual life or spiritual practice is going to be full of fire. Like there's going to be some, there's bound to be or else you'll never grow. Um, there's also going to be beauty and moments of lightness, moments of freedom, moments of like such deep levels of expansion that you feel like you're going to burst into a million pieces with just like unending amounts of joy and there's been moments where you feel broken and sad and like devastated and where all of your shit just like comes out full force and you have to like work through the muck you know mm-hmm. and I uh, all of that all of that is is uh, the process of the, of the path and that's what I want to offer on this retreat that's what I offer in my life that's what I've dedicated basically every ounce of my being towards doing yeah India what about you what about me? How do I get out of the muck? Yeah. Uh, I mean, similar things but different, I guess. It's about uh, a lot of it for me is self-reflection and observation and really recognizing and stepping into witnessing myself and my patterns and, and at the same time understanding the 
power there is in in being honest to yourself and authentic and and then the will to become a better person Mm -hmm. um, and act in the best way possible and that comes from many different things in many different ways and at the same time just staying in touch with um, my own intuition in those in those dark times and listening to myself and trying to take care of myself and shine back whatever I can when what's, the, what's your regimen like? My regimen. You know, knowing you, I mean, you, you have a consistent breakfast regimen. <laughs> uh, you're one of the most, you're not only the hardest working person I've ever met, but the most, in a lot of ways, structured. Mm-hmm. And um, so what do you do in a way, because I think we all know that this type of work, it's, it's, it's easy to, not easy, but it's, it's, you know, the first step is in saying it, acknowledging it, that you have these patterns, that you want to do these things. But then the work comes in. And, you know, what, what do you do? Do you sit down for 10 minutes? Do you sit down for 20 minutes? Do you, uh, you know, go for a walk? Do you draw? What do you, what do, you do to get through the muck? Uh, I need alone time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really <laughs> so powerfully need alone time. Are you uh, good at knowing that? Like when, when the uh, alone time alarm goes off, do you take it or? I, I take it and then if I don't, the world tells me so. You know, it's really power. It's really powerful. If I'm not listening to myself, it's very evident, um, and I make that choice then immediately. And do you, uh, do you go? Do you fly away, or do you just lock yourself in somewhere? I don't need to fly away, but okay. I definitely need a container to be in. You know, mm-hmm. I need a, a place that is secure and safe and secluded. So that could be the bathroom for five minutes. Yep. You know, sometimes I just need to go and like do a forward fold and like shake my body in the Starbucks bathroom wash my hands (laughs) and then I'm okay you know Uh what I mean but sometimes I need two days turning my phone off not answering emails and like hiding basically it depends on what's happening Mm -hmm. but I mean I've I've been in such um, a state of flux for the past little while that it's a matter of being creative with those needs and ideally Ideally, I would sit every morning. The first thing I'm going to do is sit in meditation and kind of like light some incense and, you know, connect to the elements that I feel are really strong in my life and give thanks and kind of do my own kind of, for lack of a better word, prayer or set an intention for what I want. That's ideal, you know, mm-hmm. then have a tea be alive and then get about my day whether that's practicing right away or if that's like just getting down and drawing mm-hmm. you know but I, that's ideal but that's not I don't live in an ideal world ideal world like any like none of us do you know so I'm on the road a lot so it's a matter of just finding the space that that allows me mm-hmm. yeah do you make it is that a priority for you because you you just came back from a lot of traveling a lot of working <clears throat> it was challenging and in the beginning, no, I didn't. And then I suffered a lot. It was probably one of the hardest uh, times of travel, even though it was um, counterbalanced with some of the most beautiful, positive experiences of my life. It was very challenging because I wasn't making that time. And so it has to happen. You know, it's like a commitment to myself. It's a commitment to the rest of the world. Because if I'm a weird little raisin of myself, then the whole world like reverberates that back, mm-hmm. you know? But if I'm like filling myself out with this beautiful light and potential, then everything else is smooth and beautiful. I know in um, this last year was, was definitely a, a tough one for me. And I got to the point where 
mindfulness, meditation, whatever you're describing, became like a hunger, where if I didn't get it, I would notice it and I would I would need it. And I think when you get to those levels of stress and you realize that you need certain techniques to survive, just like it's food, then that's when it be that's when. Um, you know, it, it's not even work anymore. It's just you need to do it. And you recognize that if you don't do it, then things are not going to go very well for you, whether it's, you know, daily interactions or work, anything, right? Um, so you're going to take this to, to Bali. Why Bali? Why there? Um, I have a couple of uh, reasons for that actually. The initial place that we were thinking of going to was South America because it'd be easier for flights and easier mm-hmm. for whatever. Um, but then the whole Zika thing kind of happened and I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to bring people down. Like It just didn't feel yeah. right. And um, Bali seems like you know, India has been there and has raved about how much she loved it. And uh, it it honestly just like felt right and for me like honing in on my own intuition of like there's a certain feeling that you get when you think about a certain thing or um, when you uh, are contemplating like moving forward in something and like a practice that I do in my own life is learning how like yeah, having goals and all that sort of stuff is really important, but actually more important is understanding how you want to feel in a certain situation. So we think that we want to like get a promotion and like we think we want a relationship with that person and X, Y, Z. But what you're actually looking for is the sense of fulfillment that you get from having that promotion or having that relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. If instead, if you kind of remove those like external equations out of it and you really hone in on what it is that you want to feel like in your own life, does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Then uh, the things that kind of like uh, have a glimmer of that for you, uh, it's like the, there's like a resonance, and um, and I, I really use that as a way of guiding myself in my life, and it's been um, you know hard but beautiful. And for me, Bali was part of that. There was like a resonance there, where it's like that's just where we need to go. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a reason why almost everyone in my life in the last few years has been to Bali, <laughs> right? Like there's a, so, there's something there. It's a it's an incredible place. To give a You've been there bit of, how many times? Only once. Okay. I was there for six weeks, so I was kind of immersed there. I was there studying, and then I also did two weeks of like working in a mm-hmm. in a little town. Um, Indonesia largely is Muslim, and Bali, the island, is Hindu, but it's not a classic form of Hinduism. It's not like the same Hindu as in India. It's slightly changed based on the other religions and cultures that are surrounding and also the island cultures and tribal cultures. Mm -hmm. So it reflects that. Um, It's so beautiful. There is so much time and consideration and privilege and honor put into offerings all day long. Offerings. Bali is called the Island of the Gods. And when you're there, you really feel that. There's this energy there that's just so alive. I mean, you're surrounded by lush, beautiful jungle, but there's this, like, thick, tangible, like, vibration. And it, I know that sounds so woo-woo even when I'm saying, this is a vibration, but it's so beautiful there. Um, it's funny, a lot, of, a lot of the woo-woo stuff is actually coming true. Yeah. You know, especially, I mean, you know, topic of meditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, neuroscientists are proving what yogis have known for a long time. Yeah. So, you know, woo is not a bad thing in, entirely. No, I feel like it's the, the same as, like, the word hippie, you know. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, th- four years ago, it was, like, offensive almost to call someone a hippie. And I'm like, like, that's just 
a feather on me. Like, I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was in Indonesia in May, and I had the same feeling, like, stepping off the plane. And, I mean, the air is different. It has a different weight to it. And walking into uh, the jungle, it's like these, the leaves were, were, I mean, the thickest vegetation I've ever come across. Just things feel completely different. And I think there's even no good or bad, like it's better or worse than where you are. But I think when we're trying to create change, the environment is usually a good thing to start with, right? Just being in a different place takes you away from the things you're used to. Yeah. Because here, it takes you out of your routine and all your like normal, normal pathways. Exactly. Right? And oh my God, so important, especially for the work that we're about to go do, just to have that, to have that sense of like, you create a container within mm-hmm. this like small place, but it's outside of your normal day to day. Absolutely, like you nailed it. That's exactly it. But you happen to be in paradise. And and you know this because you you've studied all this stuff, but the, all the very traditional, I'm gonna call them spiritual cultures or or sure. Eastern cultures, uh, there's there's a huge component to, uh, in, in those practices around retreat. Oh, absolutely. So going away, doing work, coming back. Yeah. Right? Still doing work. Yeah. And, um, you know, what do you, what do you think about that component of things? Uh, I think, well, again, so important to be able to take yourself out of your own sort of like bubble Mm -hmm. and be able to go deep. It allows you to kind of break free from like the little hooks that keep you into your normal patterns and you're able to actually really reflect and really go deep within yourself. At the same time, it's also really important to like, and what I hope to give to in this retreat is the tools and the skills to take back and so you can integrate it back into your own life. I think one of the big fears that is, um, or big things that happen when you go on these retreats is that you get, you go to these things, you do all this crazy work and you get filled up and you feel great and then you go home and your whole life goes back to being the way that it was before. That like you don't know how to take the things that you've received in, um, in the time away, in the time in retreat and then bring it back into your day to day. So I think what's really important is, on the one hand, taking time to separate yourself from your everyday, um, do the deeper work, you know, get filled up, and then go back home, and then hopefully have those skills to like uh, apply to your apply back to your day to day, you know, so you're not depleted within two weeks of being home again. So what's some of the uh, programming you're gonna have? Mm. You don't have to give away all your secrets, but yeah, I know. I'm like, I don't yeah. know. Is it <laughs> like a teaser, like a trailer. What, uh, well, like, like, what are we gonna do? Okay, well, what do you want to know? Do you want to know like what a, a typical day will look like, or like what am I gonna teach, or? Um, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's start with a typical day. Uh, a typical day. Okay, we're gonna wake up, and we're gonna have a really light breakfast. Um, and then eggs and uh, gluten-free toast, or no, no, probably some sort of Balinese fruit. delicious. I believe so. The, fruit. the food there is incredible because yeah, it is yeah. such a it's mixture be, of all these cultures. It's yeah. gonna be incredible. That's, that that is for sure. I think I might be the most excited about food. No, that's not true. I'm excited for a lot more things, but food is one of them. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, breakfast, and then right away I get into deep practice. So probably about like uh, 45 minutes to an hour of like really setting intentions, kind of going deep in terms of like the work that we're like setting the sort of parameters for what we're going to be accomplishing throughout the day. And then um, I love I love slogans, things to kind of keep in your brain as you're like working through stuff. And one thing for sure that we're going to be doing for the entire week is getting out of our heads and into our bodies. And yoga and these spiritual practices really are an internal art. Like even the physical part of yoga is an internal art. However, 
we need to get out of our minds, out of our heads, the like constant stream of incessant thoughts that we assume is who we are, but it isn't. Um, we get out of that by going into our bodies and then from movement, by getting really, really deeply in touch with your physicality in the here and now, it allows you to go deeper, it goes like behind the mind into who you really are, which is like pure awareness and pure consciousness. So setting up the parameters and then getting out of your head into your body, movement, breath, sweat, all that sort of stuff. Uh, probably lunch and then going on. <laughs> well, well, oh, that's all before lunch. Okay. Uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Easy. Easy. Easy no big no deal. Um, and then a bit of free time where people can go surfing or like, you know, that sort of deal. Um, then we're going to have more further workshops and India is going to like guide us through some like creative visualization and some of the practices that she uses in her. I got her to talk about that on her own. Um, uh, more yoga that will be dependent on uh, what would, again the theme of what we're working th- through that day um, we're going to be checking out some temples we're going to go to check out waterfalls we're going to like you know uh, we have some like deeper more ritual work that calls upon not just like yoga traditions but also like mm-hmm. you know, more pagan yeah. ideas and things that I've incorporated from like my own background from my own like my own lineage um, my, my, through my grandfather's side um so that's kind of a typical day, but the, the, it will fluctuate depending on what we're working through. Yeah, it's tough to get waterfalls and temples in Toronto. That are I know, you really don't get that. On that level, yeah. <laughs> or at least not ones that are like, you know, thousand-year-old temples no. and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> India, you want to talk about what you're going to yeah, do? Yeah, I want to talk about the creative visualization. Yeah, yeah. We did a little bit of that today. Yeah. Kind of, but oh, what do you, yeah. Oh, no, not me. Oh, Danny was staring at. Yeah, oh, we okay. did. We did a, a class this morning. So, oh, cool. but yeah, I, I love that stuff. It's to me. To me, it's uh, you know, it's it's a workout for the brain. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, for me, I I have a visual brain, so obviously I have a. That's a lovely gift that I have, and I understand that people have very different brains. It's pretty amazing, but a really beautiful tool for me is visualization in my meditation, and and sometimes. It, it's wonderful and it happens spontaneously and I kind of like tap in and just like go into this world and of of self-discovery and in my imagination's way of reflecting that to me and other ways I kind of like kind of give myself a format to work through and walk through and and then find keys that help me mm-hmm. so there's some stuff that I'm going to be doing with guided visualizations to kind of like tap into some things that will empower people and connect people deeper to themselves a little bit and give them tools and and like um not only mental and and based in the imagination and in the spirit but also that will become tangible then we'll like use that and translate that into something that is that you can take home and that you can see and that you can produce um you can lock yourself in the bathroom and do it you can lock yourself in the bathroom and do it yeah right. no problem just grab a little bit of soap <laughs> Whoa. Um, and then, Clean your mind with the soap, right? And then for me, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, Chris and I both resonate with the elements, but the elements and drawing from them and learning to communicate with them and, and listen to them in a, in a different way um, and bringing that into it. And then also a lot of uh, sacred imagery. So that is this unifying language to me that is super powerful and ancient and not only ancient, but like cosmic, Mm -hmm. you know, it goes into the stars, it goes into the ultimate reality, the beginning of everything. So kind of decoding some of that stuff so that when you look around and when we are going into temples and we are going into like 
this waterfall that has carvings next to it, understanding what you're being a part of and understanding that you are part of this natural world that is also, as as a human, we reflect that natural world and communicate with it with these mm-hmm. symbols that have existed well, forever. It's interesting. I mean, and you're talking about geometric symbols and some people refer to it as sacred geometry and other shapes. Yeah, they're not, they're not all, I mean, essentially they're, they base they boil down to that, but yeah. sure. And and what's interesting about that is, uh, I mean, I can't read hieroglyphics. No. But almost everybody can recognize shapes, especially organized shapes. Yeah. And that's been a very interesting thing. So I guess when you see these ancient um, places that are hundreds, maybe thousands of years old, you you connect with that, and maybe um, and again it hits you a little bit deeper. You, can, you probably don't even think about it. Yeah, I mean, these images and these shapes and these patterns, they, they're they important spiritually, but they're also important scientifically yeah. and architecturally. Absolutely. Like, they're reflected all around us. Half the time, you don't even realize that it's there. I uh, It's funny, I was reading uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, who's just like a Roman emperor, um, and he was a Stoic, Stoic philosopher, you probably know, right, Krista? And, he's, and, and, and the Stoics are becoming very popular these days, uh, again, because when you read their stuff, you're like, oh my God, people have the same problems. Like exactly the same problems. And I think when you, when you see that on the continuum of humanity, we all think our problems are new or unique, but they're not. We've been Mm -hmm. dealing with the same stuff. So I think, again, going to just simply going to another place, especially a place that's that inspirational, it's not woo. It's just you, there's something in you that connects to this history. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we connect to our history, I think we can help predict our future a little bit more and understand it. Um, I also wanted to talk to you about your, your, your art and your work in India, because I've seen, that start to morph into mm. a lot more, um, you know, s- symbols, sacred geometry, things like that. Why do you think that's happening? Uh, that's happening, I think, as a reflection of my own personal evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't think it's just the zeitgeist? People are now <laughs> con- uh, trying to connect to these these primal... Definitely. There, I mean, okay, so... There's, there's an active choice on my on my part right. um, in choosing the kind of work that I want to do because it resonates with me. But then there's also the fact that that work exists and these people mm-hmm. want that that kind of imagery tattooed. And and I truly believe there's a huge shift happening for all of us consciously. You know, there's some very crazy, fiery things that are happening in the world right now. Yeah, like what? Mm. What the, are you talking about? The man that looks orange, he's so fiery, <laughs> you know? Just, he does not talk about him. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, no, you got it. I, I it's so, I was like crying the other day reading the news. Like, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's, so, how do I unpack this? Okay, so for me, tattooing itself, which is my main form of art these days, is a super sacred thing. It's a super ancient primal need. Um, tattooing has existed forever in every Why? culture and every form for different reasons, but it all essentially is the same thing. We're marking ourselves to kind of um, show what we've gone through. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time in tribal cultures, it's rites of passage. So it's marking of something powerful that has happened to you, marking of you stepping into your power, marking of you being a man, marking of you being a woman, you know, these are really primal basic things that happen, but it empowers us. It's like you're a warrior and you wear your marks of being a warrior. You have scars and sometimes you have tattoos to show that. Um, so that, that need is, is, is in there, you know, the man who's discovered in the glacier, who's got tattoos, who's, you know, 
because there's magical tattoos, but there's also tattoos for healing, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's many different reasons why people get tattooed, marking your status, showing who you are, what you've done, where you're going. Um, and then there's the symbols which, you know, resonate deeply with all of us. So there's, I mean, there's so many powerful symbols that people are called to, mm-hmm. the Hamsa, the Om symbol, different symbols for the chakras. And, you know, especially in the culture that we live in, I mean, these are relatively new to us, you know, like sure. we don't come from that history. I mean, most people in Canada don't come from that history necessarily, but there's this older calling to us, yeah. you know, if you're interested in yoga, then you have this connection. If you're interested into meditation, then you have this connection. I remember being in, in school and, you know, especially like music that wasn't the dominant form of music and you saw some other kid with like a metal shirt or a punk shirt, <laughs> you'd be like, okay, I kind of know who you are yeah. and maybe we can be friends. And I, I'm interested because I mean, I see, I was, I was at the barbershop the other day and I saw this dude with, um, you know, sacred, like geometry tattoos around his neck. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I just see more and more of it. And I saw more and more on your Instagram. What are people trying to say? What are they trying to connect with? Right? I think they're trying to connect with something deeper. I think we're all living in this very superficial world mm-hmm. of extroverted projections of our reality. You know, something that is, it's so superficial and we all want something far deeper than that because we are creatures that want to be connected. Mm-hmm. We want this kind of unity. We want this kind of connection to our environment and each other and something, whether that's higher or deeper or more vast. Because the idea that Instagram mm-hmm. and Facebook are the only things that exist in our world is really sad. When I first met you guys, uh, I think I just got the first iPhone. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> and look how much has changed. Yeah. yeah. Like this is all new. Yeah. And I don't think we have the, uh, the tools, definitely the capacity for some people is not there. And capacity is, you know, like we've, you know, we've done CrossFit, we've done um, a lot of workouts together. You can always grow your capacity, but it, it takes time. It's an organic process. You can't just will it. And, um, but it, it's, we're at a time where, you know, we're trying to grow our capacity because more and more things are being thrown our way. And a lot of those things, uh, I mean, we don't have a rule book for we don't understand them. They're happening so fast that it's almost beyond our, our ability to, to, to take them in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how do, how do you, with, with the people who are connecting with you guys, cause Krista, you're teaching all the time and in, in, in India you're, I mean, you're tattooing, but you, you said you're also doing, I mean, I'm not gonna call it therapy, but you are talking to people on deeper levels. Yeah. And people have pretty powerful questions about these symbols and mm-hmm. about what they're getting because they're drawn to it. They don't exactly know about it. So I often end up educating a little bit. So you have some yeah. deep conversations, yeah. right? Cause you're there for a few hours so you yeah. might as well. Right. Um, but it's, it's funny, but do you, do you guys think, and in the need to do this retreat, are you, are you sensing that again, people need lifelines, they need strategies, mm-hmm. they need a community mm-hmm. to get through this stuff yeah. that they don't have a rule book for. And it's just all happening so fast. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, um, people are becoming more and more aware that there is like this wellspring, mm-hmm. like this wellspring of depth and beauty, this wellspring of like truth, this wellspring of like wisdom. And uh, there's, it's like they don't, they've approached this well where they don't know how to tap in. 
they don't know how to get there. They don't know how to access it. They can feel the glimmer of it. They can see other people who are nourished by it, but they just don't know how to get there. And that I think the role of a teacher is to act as like the conduit, as like the tap. And um, that I think is like what we're trying to do mm-hmm. is tap people into uh, the wellspring and maybe the way that I tap into it versus the way that India taps into it will be a little bit different than the way that they'll tap into it but if we can hold space and kind of give them a shining light towards ways that they can kind of get in there then um, yeah that, that's kind of the, the work I think and holding space for that how are you different eight years ago different than what you are now because you are I mean I know you and yeah, yeah. and, and you are I mean everyone's different uh-huh. but how different than when you first met me yeah oh my god <laughs> I, oh man I'm like in every way possible. sorry softball question so, I know, know like what like that oh. I mean you know it's 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 definitely you know I notice it even just I mean a lot has changed but yeah. just the level of command you have of this understanding this knowledge is uh-huh. amazing um, but but I mean what led to that because you've been through some stuff and I'm just wondering you know what what really led to where you are now Oh, everything. I think that. Let's <laughs> narrow it down. <laughs> like, Jesus, yeah, like, like huge Let's start the level here. below. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like, like huge question. Um, yeah, well, we got all like, the t- there's no there's no time cap here. Time we can cap. talk forever. Well, um, like I think when you you met me, I was just like just starting to scratch the surface mm-hmm. of like doing a lot of this deeper work. How old were you? Uh, when I when you met me, I was like eight nine years ago. So like twenty two, mm-hmm. twenty three, around there. Baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I was a baby. Um, and I, I was at that point. I was coming out of a place where, like, you know, not to get super dark and heavy or whatever, but I, I've lived kind of a fucked up life. Like, you know, grew up with um, a single mom who's doing her best, but you know, uh, we, we all went through a lot of trauma and lived in shelters. And you know, I grew up watching my mom stand in lines at the food bank as we, like, in the freezing cold in winter. Um, and us kids were sitting in the car watching our moms do that. My mom would go hungry so that we could eat. You know, like really some. She's a powerful lady, and I'm so grateful for her. And um, same time, like we went through a lot of stuff, and uh, that was me as a kid. And then in teenage years, wild, did tons of drugs, did lots of things that I don't feel particularly proud of, and um, lots of anger and lots of brokenness and sense of like deep levels of unworthiness. That the things that I've experienced in my life have caused me to be somehow like tainted or smeared or like the trauma I've experienced in my life makes me less likely to be able to connect to other people or be considered worthy. Like we were talking about perpetuating that loop. That, exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I had made a choice in my early 20s to like move him out west to Toronto and r- really began the like the deeper process of like unfolding myself in different ways and deep work of, of healing really. Like again, healing can be this like woo-woo word because so many people use it, but man, it's so important. And um, everything from unraveling the knots of uh, trauma and pain uh, to like really stepping into the power that I know exists within mm-hmm. me, like always to, um, you know, yeah. So I don't know. And I you, you know it, you know it experientially, but you also know it academically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, right when, I, right when I, yeah, right when you met me, I was just starting my university degree. Um, went to U of T and like, like that. I, I think, think the first thing I remember you saying, I remember your jacket and, yeah. I, remember you, <laughs> and I remember you saying, I'm going to change the world. Yeah. Well, I, I, <laughs> right? yeah, ever since I was a little girl, I've had that feeling. I was like, I'm going to like, 
I, I want to change the world. I, I'm here for a purpose. And I've had lots of people tell me I was crazy from really shitty ex-boyfriends to really bad friends to, um, you know, my, um, ed- my high school, like, school counselor at my graduation came up to me. He slapped me on the back and he said, Krista, congratulations. I never thought you'd make it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then, like... You know, and then years after that of like, you know, I, I get accepted into U of T, which honestly, I think receiving that acceptance letter uh, for like the little girl in me that grew up like piss fucking poor, couldn't buy like new clothes, got made fun of all the time for it, um, gone through all like hell to get that acceptance letter from like the one of the best universities in Canada saying, yeah, you can come here. It was like probably one of the, the most meaningful moments of my life for so- sure. So it's funny, and then you ended up, I mean, kind of embracing it because you worked as a buyer for a vintage clothing I know, right? <laughs> company, well, right? Well, totally. Well, everything it. that you go through in your life uh, shapes you. So it was your was your life for a long time, or maybe it still is. Was it a fuck you to everything, body who said you couldn't do it? Um, I wish I could say that I was like that person that was like, um, you know, sticking my middle finger up to everybody around me that was trying to prevent me from um, from moving forward. But that's not really the truth either. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of times where I really believed um, all the things that people were reflecting back to me that actually it wasn't me feeling really empowered being like I'm gonna show you it was like a lot of times of me feeling like a pile of crap and um, you know having to really pull myself out and sometimes even wallowing it sometimes failing like honestly right now where I am in my life looking back at like how I've gone through and the work that I've had to go through like there was so many times where like honestly grace you know, like as much as it was like a, like hard work on my behalf of me having that strength within me, it was also people, places, and things being at the right place at the right time to help me, and me being open enough to be able to receive that. So, um, no, it wasn't me just sticking up with the middle finger. It was um, me just desperately hoping for something better for myself mm-hmm. and um, being willing to let go of the people and let go of the relationships and let go of the circumstances that. Um, uh, didn't allow that for me to happen even though that might have felt secure and -hmm. safe you know like you can be in a relationship with somebody or even surrounding yourself with people and uh, like like friends that you know it's familiar it's safe it feels good to be around them because you know them and they know you you have history at the same time they continuously um, reflect back to you all the bad parts of you that you don't want to be anymore. And so being willing to walk away from those things and then walking, willing to walk into something that scares the shit out of you, you don't feel like you're ready for, you don't feel like you're even worthy for, but oh my God, you want that. Oh my God, you want that degree. Oh my God, you want to be whole. Oh my God, you want to be surrounded by people who make you feel like the best version of yourself. Oh my God, you want to travel across the world. Oh my God, you want to take a diving lesson, which I'm going to do in this trip in Bali, which I've been dreaming about since I was a little girl, which to me, the six-year-old in me, that's like sitting and living in like, you know, government shelters, listening to people scream around me, dreaming about the things I want for myself. The fact that I get to go and learn how to dive is like unbelievable. So... Yeah, diving deep. That's yeah. That's the whole point. India, you also uh, you came from out west as well to Toronto. Mm, kind of. Kind of. Or you know, you were what, you were here, here, then you were ish. there, and then I grew you came up here in the country, right, close to Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want a little background? Is that what you're asking for here? Just having a conversation. Dun dun dun. Yep. Um, I grew up. Yeah. So my parents. We moved to Toronto when I was very young. We were living. We were living in Iraq 
for a couple of years, mm-hmm. for the first couple of years of my life, which is funny. I recently just like wanted to kind of go back there and be like, what actually was happening? Because I'm reading this book right now. Anyways, it's called It Didn't Start With You, and it's all about um, trauma that's passed down genetically, which is super interesting, and it's totally scientifically proven, and it's so crazy. Um, for example, as a woman, um, the when my grandmother was pregnant with my mother, the egg that created me was in there. So trauma that your grandmother was carrying, I am also genetically carrying. Those, those genes are active. They're turned on. So anyways, I was really like reading this book and they're like, oh my God, I was in Iraq, like during the Iraq-Iran war. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to read about that. It was super weird and interesting to like look at pictures and think about my parents were living on this like British compound. No, not even British actually. It was like a um, multicultural compound. Saddam Hussein had hired people to create a bomb shelter subway. And then they pro- they proved that it wasn't physically possible because they were in sand. Anyway. So uh, that's all in your DNA. So that's in my DNA. People <laughs> like would go to Iraq, to Baghdad yeah. to go get groceries, and only three of them would come back. So you're, you're, like, you're a white Jewish girl named India who lived in Iraq. Yeah. You got a lot of DNA. There's some things happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Toronto for a couple of years, and then my parents wanted myself and any potential future siblings to grow up in the country. They wanted us to be, like, happy and free, fresh air-breathing children. Um, I suffered from really bad asthma in Toronto when I lived here as a child, so we moved to the middle of nowhere. And And that was just for your asthma? Mostly, yeah. Yeah. My dad commuted to Toronto for a while in the beginning and then found a job in Coburg, and and then my mom stayed home uh, for 10 years, which is powerful. But I really got to connect with the earth, which is amazing. There was a forest in the back, in behind my house, and there was a pond, and my mom was an incredible gardener, and we were eating, like, you know, food growing in the garden, and it was amazing. Um, but small town, small town, big dreams, and I had very strong opinions at 15, and I left. Um, and then found myself out west, after a little bit of being a nomad and going to Florida and Keys and Costa Rica and Mm -hmm. exploring options. And Vancouver is where I kind of landed and learned how to tattoo. Um, The universe just made that happen. It was amazing. And what were you looking for? When I left? Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. I mean, there was... uh, you know, family stuff that wasn't very good. There's some addictions going on that were really hard to navigate. As a 15-year-old puberty-ridden girl, you know, arguments and Mm -hmm. um, things that weren't happy. So, yeah, I was looking for freedom and my own power and to feel safe in a weird way, which is kind of strange to think leaving your home... To leave home to feel safe. ...would feel safe, but, yeah... And it's funny, but now, you know, with, with everything that you have going on, uh, you're, you're drawn back to all the things that were kind of at home in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Nature. Mm-hmm. 
Toronto. Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Coburg? Are we going there? No. Coburg's pretty good, but... It, yeah, yeah. I mean, Toronto is a pretty exceptional city, I have to say. Mm-hmm. As, a, as a pretty well-traveled human, the city is miraculous for its diversity in all of, in all of the aspects of that, in, like, cultural, financial belief like faith everything it's so wonderful to live in harmony with so many people well we were talking earlier about all the things that uh you maybe you have to think about that if you didn't you would have more room to be creative to grow right you know Mm -hmm. whether it's breakfast or or you know your clothing but it's funny (laughs) on these on these streets you don't have to really worry too much about getting attacked or uh i mean you know uh overt racism is not really too much of an issue down here and for the most part, you know, it's, it's pretty chill in, in the part of town we're in, at least. And it's, it's, it's cool how much creativity that gives you or the capacity to do those things. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's kind of a special time here. It's, it's, it's really fun. I mean, I, I think that's one of the goals of, of this podcast, right, is to, is to capture that. Because we have something cool going on. And to bring up Trump again, I think, or sorry, the orange guy, uh, we won't give him the dignity of, of naming him because that's what he wants. He wants to put his name on yeah. things, right? Yeah. And, uh, but I think in this city and these people, and you guys are included in this, and there's a lot of other people, you can probably hear them in, in the room right now, but the energy of this city, I think our biggest uh, contribution is our values, is our creativity, because we benefit, we benefit from being safe. We benefit from not having to have all the burdens that other places have in the third world, or even the United States and some of the you know Rust Belt cities and things like that. Yeah. We And I think we have to do something with it. And, and that's why I kind of love the idea of what, when I first saw you guys were doing this, I'm like, couldn't have been two better people to, to do a retreat. Um, because I think people need to uh, to get together around good ideas, positivity, community, and we have to grow it because we don't have a vote. We can't even influence the electoral college, which is stupid anyway. Yeah. You know, we can't change those laws, but that's not the game anymore. The game is culture because we can communicate. So the iPhone, you know, good, bad, and ugly, but the good is that we can communicate at, at high speeds. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you really nailed or like really segued into one of the biggest goals I have for this uh, retreat is helping people wake up mm-hmm. and whatever way that means to them. Um, and helping people become like a, like a light worker. And meaning that in their own way, um, like doing the work on themselves, maybe the deeper work of like healing, maybe it's just coming into their own power, maybe it's just being present, maybe it's like having these tools and skills to apply to how to live more meaningfully in their day to day. But then hopefully taking that and using it to reverberate light throughout the world. And again, these words are like woo woo, light worker, using light, blah, 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 blah. But if you come up with a better word, let me know. Um, and it, sometimes that means just like being an awesome member of your community, mm-hmm. you know, being able to be support to one another and learning how to like, you know, handle the weirdness of like interpersonal relationships with authenticity and having integrity. Um, maybe it means that like you're a better mother, a better father, a better lover, a better wife, a better like daughter or son. Mm-hmm. Maybe it means that you um, do similar work. Uh, I don't know. Get involved in like just just really smiling at people around you like just being present in the moment and being like and seeing people that they actually exist not just like averting eye contact and being being alone in the world you know awake human beings create an awake culture and an awake culture will 
will spread like wildfire throughout the world. I, I get most of my mindfulness or meditative breakthroughs on the TTC, uh, <laughs> on transit. And one of the one of the things that like I was having not a bad day, but you know, you're, whenever you're on the subway, it's it's never so much fun. It's not the peak. No, it's not the peak of the day. Um, you're you're on your way to get to the peak of the day, but. Um, but sometimes things happen, and one of those things was uh, there was a TTC driver who, uh, you know, just as everyone was exiting uh, the bus, said, "Have a great day." That's it. And I, you know, you don't hear that, but it, it wasn't, and it didn't sound like a thing you had to say. He just said it, and it's weird, but that just put me in a good mood because that's a nice thing, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it just put just a tiny little bit of momentum into my day and yeah. it just colored it in the right way and sometimes that's all it takes yeah and then the next person I interact Truly, with Truly, because the opposite has just as profound effect on exactly. you right exactly. and it's it's totally the energy the intention put into that mm-hmm. I, th- I think life is made of little minutes mm. right and and yeah. you have choices in those little minutes and uh, we, we often look at it in a very big way but really it's it's moment by moment and yeah. and that's when I think when, when people you know get into this type of stuff they always hear the word presence and being in the moment, but that's mm-hmm. what it is. It's literally on the subway. It's not being in, you know, cross-legged in front of a guru. No. It's it's the choice to be slightly more open, kind, or whatever to that person who's not being so awesome to you, and making a decision that you will not perpetuate that cycle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, absolutely. For me, like if your only practice is the ones where you're yeah sitting cross-legged in meditation, and then the rest of like the day is just complete blind walking mm-hmm. through, then then you're not doing the work. But actually, uh, meditation needs to be um, preparation. Again, to being with what is as it is in the here and now. Is teacher Lee Laswick that, that that this is like a coin term, and that really is it. And uh, yeah, meditation's awesome. But if you can kind of apply that to like being present with what's like what's happening right now, like in your moment, like people listening, like, like even just sitting there quietly or eyes open, eyes closed. What are five things you can feel in your body right now? Like right now, I can feel like my shin kind of pressed against the table. I can feel like my butt against the chair, my hair against my cheek. And like being present with even just like those small little things. And you can do that anywhere. Anywhere from like being on the TTC to sitting in the middle of Lululemon um, Mm -hmm. uh, doing a podcast to being in the middle of a fight with like your significant partner. Um, But what that does is, again, being present. Like how do you do that? We hear those words. We look at those memes on Instagram and Facebook. But like how do you actually do that? And... um, yeah, so totally. TTC. I'm, I'm with TTC. you on that. I, I mean, to take it back to how we all kind of really met was over workouts and CrossFit and, and, and dancing. everything we did. And dancing. Dancing, dancing is Definitely. the... Yep. I was, I was the getting More there. More dancing, please. More dancing. Yes, please. We should do that again really soon. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. When you, when you come back, we'll do the reunion. Yes. Um, and, but, I mean, CrossFit came along at a time when fitness was not functional. Uh, yeah. And so what the context that it had was, okay, we're going to do this stuff for an hour in the gym to prepare for real life and the real life was okay I got to carry stuff mm-hmm. um, I, I might be a fighter I might be a firefighter whatever or just a mother picking or up a kids mother. I might be sitting at a desk and I need to make my back stronger so that I don't have sciatica exactly yeah. all, all these right. things yeah exactly and that to me it's exactly the same thing with meditation mindfulness whatever yes. you want to call it absolutely uh, woo or not but that session that you do is in preparation for the real work which exactly. is talking to your boss or talking to your girlfriend or whatever whatever yeah. and just making that you know little decision that switch mm-hmm. when you need to make it exactly right yes and just dancing just dancing 
Um, before we go, anything you want to put out there or say anything uh, that people listeners might need to know? I don't know. India, you want to go first? Mm-hmm. You got anything? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's more of a she's more of a visual person. More of a visual person. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, maybe there's nothing to say. Maybe that's mm. it. You don't have to. I'm saying, like, uh, do you have a class? <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be a big, dramatic, uh, profound thing. Oh, yeah. I'm just so. I'm so stoked. <laughs> like, really am. Like, I'm stoked. Yeah. No, I really am. It's such a, um, such an honor to be able to do this work. Like, um, mm-hmm. it's fountains, fountains within me of. Uh, like humble gratitude. It's like gratitude. I can empower that one. Yeah. Gratitude's what I mean. So like, crazy. So crazy. You know, um, I feel like I'm more blessed because of the people coming in the street and how amazing they are. Like a lot of them are my students and oh my God, I'm so blessed that I get to hang out with them for 10, ten days. That like, like forget what I'm offering them. Like I feel the one like I'm the one that's receiving like the most uh, light out of all of this. Like. I don't know, to be able to do this work, to be able to, to have this life that I have right now, like, you know, I've talked a bit about what I've come from, and holy bloody fucking hell, I'm the luckiest goddamn person on the planet. Sorry for my sailor mouth, but um, I'm, I'm just... Thank God for your <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, I'm so, I'm so stoked. I'm so blessed, um, and I'm so grateful. And, yeah. I think it's cool. This is the first real podcast that uh, we're doing in this setting, which is uh, this, this store on Austin, right? Uh, Lululemon. And um, I think that's kind of the point is to bring this information or, you know, these ideas in places where you wouldn't necessarily have them. They're not in a temple. They're not under a waterfall. They're where mm-hmm. people are. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, during the course of this, you know, someone will overhear it here or they'll... You know, they'll hear it online or something like that. And I think that's really cool, you know, mm-hmm. where we started all those years ago. Yeah. With, and before iPhones, and now here we are. I mean, it's pretty, it's, I'm glad you guys, um, just the way it worked out, that yeah. this is the first podcast of, that we're doing. To, to, to kind of come back full circle, I also do want to say that, like, Danny, I'm, you changed my life. All right, episode over. <laughs> We're out of time. Let's go. No, and, and I'm going to extend that gratitude to, to you. Um, thank you. Um, you came into my life at a time, again, where I was thirsty and, hung- and uh, deeply desiring to kind of find that connection. And um, I think my first love of movement really came from being at the academy and like from from there I found yoga and from there I got into martial arts and kung fu and I found different things but it really like it started with um you know that big warehouse gym on Gladstone and my first taste of really doing work and giving back and really being of service was when when me and you started that uh the youth program Mm -hmm. like I helped you write the first sort of like memo or the first manifesto for for the youth program and uh like a lot of the work that I'm doing now really like the speed the seed that was within me started to sprout just a little bit um when the Academy of Lions wasn't even called the Academy of Lions, when it was called CrossFit Gyms. Yeah. And <laughs> I think I Awful still have, I, I think I still have the business, uh, card. business yeah. cards of that. <laughs> um, so, so thank you so much for, uh, for being my friend all these years and for um, really fostering yeah. that, that, that desire within me. To I'd love to take credit for it, but again, it's like taking credit for being hungry. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's just, it, you know, 
quite honestly, just something that had to happen. And I'm glad that it, it pulled, you know, you guys into my life and, um, and it hasn't stopped. And it's, it's, it's actually just kind of going in all these interesting new directions. Yeah, just evolving. It's evolving. And, um, you know, I just, I just think people, I, you know, need to wake up a little bit more. Exactly. Their body, mind, everything. And it's as simple as that. Yeah. Right. And, and, uh, when, when we do just, you know, life is a little more smooth and the TTC driver says hello to you (laughs) and, and that's good. That's, that's really what it's about. And even when things aren't smooth, being awake helps you to stay, uh, like the eye of a storm, you Mm -hmm. know, where you are so grounded and so deeply in knowledge of who you are that though things are crazy and wild around you, that you're unshakable, you're unmovable, you are solid. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's one of the big things about waking up also. It's just like, how can you like withstand everything in life and still be like, Still be cool. Still be cool, you know? (laughs) Still still be cool. (laughs) Um, Well, you're cool. Oh, you're cool. India, you're cool. You're cool. Okay. We're cool. Yeah, we're cool. So this is volume one. (laughs) <laughs> we'll do volume two uh, when you guys get back. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, right. Yeah, let's do it. That'd be fun. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I'm 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 excited to, to to see this unfold. So thank you. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah. And thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for being here for the first time again. <laughs> <laughs>